See, a lot of people are excited about today. It's a big day. It's a celebratory day. In many ways, it's a day that's been in the works for well over a decade. Today, Fondren Church turns 10. And I got to tell you, just getting ready for today, yeah, yeah. But uh, just getting ready for today, it's been like a walk down memory lane. Uh, for me and a bunch of us. We've been thumbing through photo albums, calling people who've got us called to other places. We've connected, we've watched old videos, and we've been caught up in the nostalgia of all that God has done as we've been filled with hope and expectation of what he might do here in his church. Y'all, this is God's church, and the scriptures teach that his church will prevail. That's the truth. That's the truth that we stand on. Today, you're going to hear a story of how God works in the world. And you're going to hear it from the mouths of the people who are living it out. You see, the story of Fondren Church is really the story of every one of us. People come. Things are busted. Things are broken. Discontentment, disenchantment envelop us and they prevail upon us. Things are confusing. There's chaos all around us and God steps in. So often working through his church to meet us right in the middle of the mess and provide for us what we could never, ever give ourselves. That's the story of Fondren Church. So let's get right to it. These guys are awesome. They're the heroes today. They're really the voice we want to hear. But in many ways, the story of Fondren Church can't be separated from intentional community. This is a place where people can make friends. And that's true here, isn't it, Laura? That's right. God knows the desire of our heart to be known and loved. Um, We were created for companionship. And scripture tells us that the counsel from a friend is sweeter than perfume and incense. That is why intentional community is such an important part of Finding Church and why it has been from the beginning. I'd like to introduce you to um, Hayes and Allie Singleton. Um, the first time I remember meeting them, I think we were at Dooling Hall. Is that right? We were meeting at Dooling Hall early on in, in our church history. And they were bright-eyed professionals and young and passionate about their jobs and what they were doing, and they were on the search for a community. Um, Take a few minutes, guys, to just kind of talk with us a little bit about how the Lord led you guys to community here. Sure, yeah. Um, So I, when I first started coming to Fondren Church, I had actually spent the year before serving at a church um, outside, actually, of the country. And uh, when I came back, my middle brother actually was here, and he said, man, you need to come check out this church. Like, it's just starting. There's this really cool pastor uh, that, uh, that we love. And um, he said, you know, I really think that you would enjoy it. It's a smaller church at the time, and it gives you opportunity to get plugged in. And so I said, great. You know, I'd been serving at this smaller church, and so it naturally drew my heart to coming, um, to being involved and to giving back to where what we're called to do. Um, And so the door kind of opened from there. Uh, We were at Doolin. um, You know, we were all meeting together in that small room um, and, you know, serving together. And so that was initially what drew me in was him saying, hey, when you move back, come check this out. It's an opportunity for us to serve together, be involved, and and to grow as this church grows. That's fun. So like family. Yeah, and I was at a completely different place. I had just graduated college at Florida State, and I'll never forget, whenever I would see Robert, he'd say, Aliotri, Florida State. And so it just felt good being this girl that didn't know anybody, and the pastor would remember my name and where I came from. Um, and, yeah, I, 
was very new in my relationship with Jesus. And so to come into dueling and all the singles, we would meet together every Wednesday and just to see people who were making better decisions than I was making at the time in my life led me to make some really big decisions and start giving my life to the Lord and led me to be in a place where I was ready to meet my husband. So that's right. You guys met here and got married here, right? So like what has that community and finding that community meant for you guys and, and your family? Yeah, for sure. So obviously meeting here and marrying here was a, was incredible. Um, but we, you know, we were talking about this as, as um, we were kind of going over in our head. It's been interesting because when we first started coming, we were single. So there was this community we had there and we got married. And then there was this community that we had as, as newlyweds or engaged. And then now we're with two little kiddos running around and being in that stage of life. We've seen every single, you know, these three stages that we've been in. And to our existing small group that we have now, um, just the depth that the Lord's blessed us with through it for an encouragement and accountability through love, support, and whatever it is, because as you know, whatever stage in life you go through, you're going to have these ups and downs. And so it's good to have and be involved where people know you and are, you're known by them and that they can love you, encourage you, and hold you accountable um, and serve and walk right along beside you. I mean, because that's what we've been able to experience over these I guess almost seven years now being married, but you know, nine, nine years of being involved here at the church, so yeah. Yeah, and I was gonna say just like, each small group has meant something so different. Like for me, the singles ministry, like I said, it encouraged me to start actually following Jesus and to be in a place to meet someone. And then um, I remember Kat Puckett was in one of my small groups and we read The Meaning of Marriage together and that helped me in the stage of being engaged. And then we were in a small group with Nick and every week he would have us practice sharing the gospel with each other. And that was the first time that I was like, oh, so small group isn't about just me sharing what we're going through. It's about learning to share the gospel and it's about serving other people. It's not about me. Um, and then to our current small group, we have some amazing leaders where now we're starting to serve, serve in the college ministry. And again, we're just, I feel like with each stage of life, we're learning more and more how to be less about us and more for others, which far from perfect at doing that, but just continuing to grow in each different small group and community. That's great. Anything else y'all want to share about community life here at Thunder Church and how the Lord is moved or changed you through it? No, I, I would just encourage people to be involved because the more that you are known, as vulnerable as that might be, um, it's, it's, a, it's a sweet place because you're growing together ultimately for the glory of God. You're, you're growing together, you're serving together, you're experiencing good and hard times, whatever it might be for his glory so that others might see you know, and that we'll see him through you and, and he will be glorified. So that's my encouragement to it. Um, it's, it's been a blessing to us and to our girls, um, and we hope that it has been for other people as well. So, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing, guys. Thanks, Hayes. Thanks, Allie. We've got Mark and Kathy Philippi right here. Uh, they don't need much of an introduction, but I'll give you a brief one. They're both physicians. Kathy's a deacon. Uh, she's a pediatrician. She takes care of my kids. And uh, which means you, you kind of, I'm kind of like a growing kid. You kind of take care of me sometimes, don't you? Yeah. We're on the phone this weekend. You're like, yeah, yeah. Um, they're great. Uh, and I remember the very first time I met you guys, it was underneath a basketball goal back in maybe 2016 over in the gym. And you guys were getting in your very first small group. So what brought you to Fondren Church? 
So um, I'm not a very good patient. Doctors usually aren't, and I skied into a tree in March of 2016 and sustained a head injury that caused severe um, complications to our life. I'm the one that kind of holds the details together. He's the big picture guy. Um, I was not myself. I lost my personality. I could not work. I could not sleep. Um, he also injured his back on that trip and ended up having surgery on his spine and it got infected with staph. And after multiple surgeries, people finally realized that the person that was his caregiver was not acting right. So through all of that, we were in a place where we were really um, leading and, and involved and we just dropped off the map and found ourselves in a very lonely, very isolated place. Um, and the body of Christ was not evident to us. And it made me doubt and it made me question. And um, so during that time, it may, fast forward, may, I have not been to church once since the head injury. And Lindsay and John Lasseter, who are good friends of ours, invited us to Fondren Church for their baby dedication. And we came, and that morning a tree had fallen. And it was Mother's Day, and they had all this Mother's Day celebration and baby dedication, but the tree fell, and so it was hot and humid, and there was no microphones, no electricity. They just had to strum on a guitar and project their voice as good as they could. And we were sitting right down there, and I felt a connection to the authentic worship that I had experienced in Honduras and in India. And I, it, it, it met me in a place that I had not felt. So I sat on the front row and cried, and um, we left and didn't really talk about it. And um, so then we're encroaching upon Father's Day and Mark said the only thing I want for Father's Day is for us to go to church as a family. So about a week before the, ser the service I was like psyching myself up, super anxious, could not shake why I was so anxious, um, got ready that morning, put my dress on, was just taking deep breaths and walked out to the car and could not get in the car, which Y'all just, if you knew me, that is just not me. So anyway, I said, I can't go. I'm sorry. And I went back inside, and I'll pass the mic. <laughs> I'm the hogger of the mic. <laughs> okay. So, she told me. She told me we need to be good and succinct. So she's good. I'm succinct on there. Um, but I hear Nick's words of uh, chaos and discontentment, and that's kind of. My part of the story is kind of a chaotic morning, so at that point, Kathy is aborted and is going back inside, and so, so which kids are going with me, who's staying with mom, and Madeline goes with me, and Julie and Owen go back inside, and so me and Madeline are driving, and I start to pull into our old church, and Madeline goes, you know, so if I knew we were going here, I would have just stayed home with mom, the, I think we were losing the theme of Father's Day at this point, down <laughs> there. So I do the math, and it's like, well, this is 1045, Fondren starts at 11, so I just circle through the parking lot, and we start heading to Fondren on there. And so we go, and we have a great service, and while we're in the service, it just occurs to me that 
a lot of what Kathy was feeling, Madeline was kind of saying, and that she just needed to change a venue and uh, kind of a fresh start. And she's always been, as everyone knows, super involved in church and very enthusiastic to go to church. So I came home and just talked to her about uh, that I thought it was more in that area and that God was putting that upon me. And uh, we started moving toward Padre at that point. So once we got here, where how I met Nick under the basketball goal is we decided we were, I was not going to lead anything. I was just going to sit in the pew and not talk much and just receive. And so we did that successfully until about November, I think. And they had put out this email and they were advertising on the screen that if you wanted to get involved in a small group to come to this af lunch after the service. And so I filled out the email and thought, well, we'll see what they have to offer. We're ready to maybe be in a small group. So when we get there, we had assigned seats at a table, and there were people there that I was, there were, there were two families there who I knew who they were, but I, they were intimidating, and they'll be in the next service. So I'm going <laughs> to say that. They kind of intimidated me, and, you know, they look real together and stuff, and I'm, I can kind of try to do that for a little while, but I'm thinking, don't really want to do small group with them. And then there were some people that I didn't really know, and this girl that was by herself, and she's real talkative, and I don't know. I was just like, I don't know about this, and this is like our group. Like, they had assigned us to a group, and I'm not really into that either, the whole, like, somebody else tells you where to sit and all that. I didn't. I was like, oh. And so then they made us take a spiritual gifts inventory, so we did, and then... According to that, we were designated roles. And guess what? Me and the orthopedic surgery resident were designated as the leaders. And clearly, if you're an orthopedic surgery resident, you're not going to be available to lead. So <laughs> I was deemed the leader. So I thought, well, I mean, I can't just back out now because I'm also very loyal. And, you know, I was like, well, we'll just try it out. And to this day, we are still meeting with those same people. And they are lifelong friends. They've been super life-giving. And one thing I wanted to say is we also, right after the head injury and the back sur surgery and all of that, had a big scare with my middle child with her health. And we were new to Ponder, and we didn't really know Robert um, you know, and, and someone got wind of that and the elders, a few elders and Robert came to our house and prayed over the situation. And honestly, I really believe God heard it because it ended up not being what we thought it was. And through all of that trauma that we experienced with my head injury and his back, um, you know, no one had done that for us. And so we just knew we were in the right place and that we were going to be known and that people were going to care about what we were struggling with and they were going to assign us roles that were <laughs> uncomfortable, and, um, but they were going to help foster us along. So, so uh, sorry, but not sorry uh, about the role of leadership. You've been I'm, a great small I'm, group leader. I really love to lead. I'm in a much better place now. <laughs> No, I mean, you guys' story is, is really kind of one of new beginnings. You know, what, what you found here uh, certainly testifies to that. And uh, lifelong friends, as you mentioned, it's a, it's a beautiful story. It's not only a story of Fondren Church to, to find friends, to make friends, and have intentional community. It's also a place where uh, authentic disciples are made, too, as people learn uh, to take up the call, to take up their cross and follow Jesus daily uh, in service to other people. 
Yeah, from the beginning, um, we wanted to take the Great Commission uh, in Matthew 19 to go and make disciples seriously here at Fondren Church. And discipleship can be a lot of things. It's teaching, it's guiding others, it's mentoring others, it's loving others well, as we've heard stories of. But ultimately, it's about service. So um, I'd like to introduce you to David and Linda Kahn. <laughs> David and Linda. David and Linda, I think the first time I remember seeing you guys was at the gym. We were meeting in the gym, and they love our city and Fondren Church is a place where they're able to invest their time and their talents in serving here and loving our city well and we appreciate that like since they've been at the gym they've been all in servant leaders here so David and Linda if you want to just take a few minutes to kind of share with us like when when you were led here what service opportunities spoke to your servant hearts the most um we started coming to Fondren about six years ago after our youngest child went off to college, we had lived in Gluckstadt for 16 years, and we just decided to shake everything up and move to Jackson. Um, so we moved here, and we were looking for, we had gone to church in, in um, Gluckstadt, and we were looking for a new church, and so we came here. And when we came in, the first, the, the word that describes Finder and Church to me is energy. The staff is so energetic, they're so welcoming, uh, we had only visited a few times, and I was leaving, and Robert um, called us by name. I, I said, gosh, we walked out, and we said, how do you know our name? And so, you know, we didn't think anybody knew who we were. And uh, anyway, so then I had lunch with Susan and wanted to get involved in the church, and she was so welcoming and just got me involved in several different things. And I uh, hooked me up with Mariah, and um, it's just the servant ministry is so wonderful here. My favorite is the uh, Foster Family Christmas Party. I've helped with that every year. It's such a wonderful event. If you've never done it, I highly recommend it. Um, it's just it's the Foster Families in Mississippi um, Christmas Party, and that's that's been my favorite event so far. But um, anyway, I'm a hogger of the mic, too, so I'm going to let David talk. Thank you, Linda. I just wanted to be up here and see what it was like to stand on stage at, <laughs> like Robert does every day, or Nick. Oh, anyhow, no, Linda and I love this church, and um, we, uh, we both have a servant heart, which is hospitality. I'm in, a, in the hospitality business, and um, I think we're all called to have a relationship with one another, to encourage one another, to love one another, to hear the uh, heartaches of one another. And um, at the end of the day, we love this church so much just from the mere fact it's non-judgmental. You can come here as you are. We all have sin. But Linda and I are on the um, uh, Greek committee, and it drives me to, deep inside my heart when somebody walks through those front doors just to make them feel welcome and to enjoy themselves when they're here. Um, what other ways, guys, do you continue, or other opportunities do you see that you are going to be able to continue to serve here and follow after what the Lord has called you to do in service? I think if you just raise your hand and say, what can I do, you're, you're locked in. Um, Van, Van Harden um, asked me to, uh, he said, you've been nominated to be a deacon. And I'm like, I told Linda, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't, you know, what is that? I don't, you know, what do you do? And um, I emailed Van and I'm like, Van, uh, I don't think I can do this. I'm extremely busy and 
this is just not my cup of tea, blah, blah, blah. He never responded to my email. <laughs> so uh, that being said, one of the best things I've done. And it's, it's, uh, this church is just awesome. The people, the staff, it's, uh, it's just like one community. and love it. Thank you guys so much. Mm -hmm. We appreciate your service here. And speaking of servant leadership, um, Dakota and Callie Tate have been consistent with their service here at Fonron Church. Guys, just take a few minutes and tell us um, about what encourages you the most about the opportunities that you have to serve here. Yeah, thank you, Laura. Um, we got here, what, a little over four years ago, right after we got married. And I would say immediately we noticed Finer Church's commitment to service in the church, in the community, worldwide, through our ministry partners. Um, there's no doubt that this, heart, this church has a heart for service. Uh, but what encourages us the most, I think, is just how intentional Finer Church is in seeking out new service opportunities uh, to not only build new relationships, but to deepen the relationships that the church already has. No one ever gets lost in the mix, you know? I would have to agree. I also would say that um, we love how many opportunities Fondren Church has for service, um, no matter um, your schedule or your talents or your skills. Um, and we love how our church leaders and our ministry partners just really make you um, feel appreciated and they encourage service um it seems to like that they really just care about you and not only the work that you're doing um like for example susan will always check on us while we're in kids ministry hey do you need anything else what can we do to make this better um so we we really appreciate that about awesome Andre. and just on a side note like i i would like to thank you for your service because in your service in kids ministry you guys have been able to like lead my little precious heart matthew yes. and he's already having the stirrings of a profession of faith in his heart because of you guys spending that time to make a good make disciples we appreciate that and my kids too just throwing that in there <laughs> we try to corral them Spe speaking of i got i got a uh, text message this morning with a picture. My daughter uh, cut her hair this morning. So when you see little Kennedy Vale, the long hair is now a little bit shorter. It's kind of fun. This is not only a place where you can make friends and make disciples. It's also a place where people have invested in causes outside the walls to make a difference in the city, for the city, and around the world. We got Brett and Allison Barnhill down on the end. They need no introduction either. They're everywhere. They serve weekly in student ministry and small groups on our hospitality teams, and they lead a phenomenal ministry called Reclaim Project in a place up in my neck of the woods, up in the Delta, a little town called Marks, and in a little country. It's kind of landlocked in South Africa called Lesotho. So you guys, when y'all came here, y'all already had a lot of ministry going on. What brought you to Fondren Church? Yeah, well, um, so as, we were actually still living uh, overseas full-time when we first visited, and my good buddy, uh, Chris Mixon, uh, w was going to church here. They had uh, not left for the Dominican Republic before, but um, a little fun fact, we actually all three lived in Haiti together, Chris and Jordan and myself, before I got married, and we spent some time on the island, and so Alice and I, we were uh, really going through a lot as a family, uh, being overseas, you know, you get very isolated, and you know, we didn't, we didn't have lots of community. We did, of course, with our, our mission team there and with uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ in Lesotho, but 
uh, we came home on furlough one time and Chris said, hey, you need to come to Fondren Church. And so uh, my father-in-law had started coming to church here as well. And so we said, okay, yeah, we need to, we need to check out the church. And we came in and Robert was, was preaching and he's such a dynamic teacher and we loved and really connected with uh, the teaching that morning. But more than that, just being a part of the community. And so go back to Africa, we're there. And uh, long story short, God called us home and uh, reclaimed. We actually had offices in Starkville and I reached out to a good buddy of mine, Ty Garner. And I was like, man, I think we need to be in Jackson. And uh, one thing led to another and we ended up you know, moving home to Jackson. Uh, and it was a no brainer for us. We had you know, been here several times visiting on that furlough. And so what kept us here, you know, we, we came in and I think we had moved home. We were, you know, you're kind of nervous, felt, you know, got that first day of school type feel going to a, you know, a new church. And uh, we walk in and it was like everybody just swarmed us, you know, like, hey, how are y'all? How are you doing? And that was, you know, I've heard that from everyone, you know, that that is a huge part of this culture. And that's what we love about this church is that uh, you get greeted. You, people ask your name. Uh, and, you know, someone alluded to Robert knowing your name. I think I had run into Robert at some point in time at Banner Hall. And he was like, Brett Nelson Barnhill Reclaim Project, you know. And I, so I guess he does that a lot. But, um, but no, he, to, to be known, you know, to, to have your name known. Uh, is a big deal, you know, um, and so that was a huge thing for us, and so we stayed because we felt so welcomed and immediately got, you know, jumped into small group and, and loved it. Yeah, you guys are awesome, and uh, I'm glad to know you because now you're helping other people to be known, too. Uh, on the other end, over down there, Emily Harden, once again, needs no introduction. She leads a phenomenal ministry that many of you know about called Red Door Jackson, where they use tutoring, mentoring, education to build relationships and make disciples of young people right here in our neighborhood. And when I think of the genesis, uh, the origin of our partnership, Fondren with Red Door, it takes me way back to the Doolin Hall days, specifically to a sermon series called The Fatherless Generation. And God used that series to light us up. I mean, really light us up. I'm looking at Durden Pillow, my man. Didn't it? It did. I'm sorry. I'm chatting up a little bit. But it lit us up. And the next thing you know, I feel like I blinked in the next week, Emily and her team were in the building, discipling, tutoring, mentoring, and it's like God was behind it then, and we know he's behind it now. Why did you bring Red Door Jackson to Fondren Church? So the answer is um, divinely inspired sweet potatoes. And I like a, some sweet potatoes. Yeah. And a community-minded staff member, um, we had planted some sweet potatoes in the community garden um, off of uh, Northview Drive in Fondren, and our students were harvesting these sweet potatoes, and they were bigger than their heads. It was like God was just like, I'm going to bless these sweet potatoes and this experience. And a staff <laughs> member from um, Fondren Church who was super community-minded was like, who are you growing these sweet potatoes with? And they were like, oh, the people over there at the house with the red door. And so then Fondren Church approached us and said, hey, look, it was so humble. The, the, that is something I really want to call out that I think the world needs to taste and see is humble Christian leadership. And so there was this genuine, um, authentic humility. They said, hey, look, you guys have relationships. We've got resources. What, would you want to partner? And we were like, okay. And so Laura McAlpin, I think it was you, was like, hey, give us your wish list. And so at this point, our budget was... Um, hot chips and Capri Suns. So I think that we asked you for pencils and paper and felt like we were really radical. And you said, okay, how about a little more? And we were like, oh, dry erase boards? 
you know? And then they said, how about you use our space? And we said, okay. So that's what brought us here. Hum humility, generosity, and truly, uh, personally for Van and I, a, a, a church community that is committed to like living out their faith. This church says they're in the city for the city and they mean it. Like we mean it. And um, that's, that's a church I'm, I'm all behind. Yeah. Thanks. Man. Yeah. I mean, I have more notes, Nick. You asked me more questions, but I'll I'll honor the time here. You're, you're good. You're Wrap so it up, Emily. Dear. Wrap it up. You're so dear, Emily. So, guys, like, just to kind of close up our little time here together, um, if you have been a former staff member, if you have sat in a seat in Dueling, if you have sat in a chair in the gym, if you sit in a seat here in this pew, you've been a part of loving one another in this space. You're a part of our church community. And the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. And what an honor and a privilege and ultimately a joy to be able to have loved one another so well the past 10 years. So if I can draw your attention to the screens, um, we're going to celebrate that loving one another together. Fondren Church began in 2011, but before that, there was a vision, a prayer, and a small group of people we were at Pine Lake before with Robert and Susan as our small group leader. So yeah, that, that small group was, was really cool. We were very uh, same age, same stage of life. No kids, so we had a lot of free time and we, we really bonded very quickly with that group. So um, we were um, lucky enough to be in a small group with Robert and Susan and um, they brought it up in small group that they were thinking about starting a new church and a few weeks later, um, Robert and Susan announced that Fondrum was where they um, really felt like they were being called to. And, um, you know, we said, we're in. You know, one night at Small Group, we found out we had all had this discussion and uh, we're going to move down and be a part of it. So it was it was really a cool time. It was interesting. It was clearly something God was doing. So, um, well, when we got the message to, hey, we're going to meet up at Brent's one night, we went and just... Uh, kind of Robert cast a vision. In 2011, that vision became a reality when that small group of people began to form into an intentional community. I'm Lauren Miltner. I'm Caden Hamblin. And he's mine. <laughs> yes, we have been at Bonner Church since day one, actually. Uh, back meeting in a living room and talking about what Bonner Church would look like and hanging out, just casting a vision for what it would mean to have a church community here in Fondren. Fondren as a neighborhood is somewhere that I've been passionate about for as long as I've lived in Mississippi, which is about 16, almost 17 years. And so it was very interesting. A lot of people that would have never stepped foot in a traditional church started back in the dueling hall days. It was such a like welcoming environment, non-traditional, and a lot of people in this neighborhood have been hurt or have terrible experiences with different churches or Christians in general. And so for them to be able to walk in the door of Dueling Hall, I feel like it really created an opportunity for people to get to know Fondren Church that otherwise would not have. Yeah, it was definitely not a traditional church. You walk in and you're, I, I remember your your feet were kind of sticking to the ground from, from <laughs> the beer on the ground. And, and we would move tables out, move tables around, put chairs out, uh, unscrew the beer pools from the, the bar, make sure the cigarettes were all 
out and thrown away. It was just kind of a cool environment to, to get started and not feel, you know, like you had to be somebody or just everybody was welcome. It really was. It was a family atmosphere and you really met people through that. And so those early days were, were really good. Uh, we're Austin and Lauren Brown and we have been at Fontran Church since the first day at Dooling Hall, so about 10 years ago now. Dooling Hall was really a special time. Uh, it, it was a very intimate feel. Um, it was wild, like I mean, for a big service, maybe um, Easter, closer to Christmas, things like that. Uh, there literally weren't enough seats. I mean, there was standing room in the back. People were standing around a bar <laughs> that was back in that uh, back corner. Uh, sometimes chairs had to be put on the stage. Um, so if you were late, uh, it was a little awkward. You had to sit up there with the praise band. It was always great because uh, there was always Christ involved in every service and, um, and the spirit was there regardless of the venue. It was just really cool. Well, for me, it was uh, the tangible sense of, I see, like that's what Fondren Church has meant in our lives is Fondren Church has been a representation of what Jesus would look like on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I mean, I really wish that Jesus could just come and like bear hug us all the time and he can't do that in the flesh. And so that's what Fondren Church has been for Caden and I. We've met our best friends through Fondren Church, through small groups, and that has been the best thing for us as a couple. Um, we've met individual friends, we've met life partner, friendship type people. It, it's just, it's been such a blessing for us. As the people experienced the great enjoyment of the gospel, that vision grew legs and we moved across the parking lot into our permanent home at 3327 Old Canton Road. See it go from that to transition into standing room only in a sanctuary with hundreds of our closest friends and family. It's It's been really cool to watch it go from that new plant to a church home. The the first service over here was, it was really awesome. Um, the the Woodland Hills people, like, the literal tears in their eyes, uh, watching people pour into the parking lot. Watching kids. Watching kids come into the building. It was just new life. Uh, that was a special day for us. Um, and, um, and so Lauren, the first service over here, decided she was she wanted to be baptized. On our first wedding anniversary. Yeah, and that was our first wedding and anniversary Robert, that day. Robert married us, and so that was special that he was the one who baptized me. I grew up Methodist, so I had been sprinkled. And so throughout the prologue process, I learned what the immersion part of it was really meaning. And as an adult and as a Christian, I decided that that was something that I wanted to do. And um, I felt like it was important for me to do it in front of my church family. And the fact that it felt the first official fully moved into the sanctuary weekend was all the more special. Uh, my name is Bill Swan. I joined Woodland Hills Baptist Church in August 1962. My name is Lonnie Welch, and my wife and I joined the church the same year she did. 1962. Very first meeting that we had with Fonder was on the second floor of the Dueling School over there. And I, I, I said, well, if that kind of people make up Fonder and Church, I'm all for it. We were approached several times by commercial people and people who this would actually would have turned in probably to a motel in this area. But uh, you got to realize that that's a God's house. 
And I thought, I've always thought it was just absolutely a gift from God that you people came. When you folks came, that was just more of God's plan. So I was for you all the way. And I was so impressed with their hearts through this because in the situation they were in, their, their church was kind of slowly going away and they re realized that, but they wanted this prime property that they could have sold for millions of dollars. They wanted it to go to a church and they wanted this to continue to be a beacon for Jesus and pondering. Most of us came the first Sunday or two to see what the situation was, and we did. And, but we are thrilled to death when they did come up here and see that church building again full of young folks. We were just really happy to see that. In fact, as I said a minute ago, you've got a ministry right here all around you, but not only here around you, but all the city of Jackson. And I think God's going to bless you. I, like to know He is. I remember conversations about how, you know, there are a lot of fantastic churches in the city of Jackson and in Mississippi, and that we, we weren't starting and trying to, to do things just like everybody else. Every time we'd made a shift, um, we were conscientious and prayerful, and it made us able to, I think, meet the needs of the community. But from the beginning of the elder team, missions and dedicating resources, both dollars and hours of people has been really important. So, you know, Robert talks about taking the tithe and doubling it. I mean, that's something that has been important to us, but it's something also that, you know, when you've got a lot of stuff you want to do and you're growing and you have needs, staff needs and facility needs, but we have always come back to said, no, no, missions is something that really matters to us, that we want to always be putting that 20% investment into missions. Dear Fondren Church staff, I moved to Jackson four years ago to attend nursing school at UMC. I cannot begin to tell you how much this congregation has impacted my life and pushed me to dive deeper in my relationship with Christ. This church has been the encouragement and community I needed. Now that I'm beginning a new chapter as I move to Haiti, I wanted to thank your staff for all you do. Thank you for seeking Jesus first and for loving his children so well. Keep it up, friends. Katie Etheridge. Yeah, from the beginning, we, we've said that we're all in on Fondren Church. We were so excited. We were attending another church that was a big church. We said, we wanted that, but here in Jackson. We're Jackson people. We love Jackson. And so when this idea came about, we said, we're all in. We say our favorite thing ever is sitting in Fondren Church in the sanctuary, listening to Robert Green or our other pastors, having a cup of coffee and just really learning. It's a, it's a, it's a come as you are. I mean, it's just the least stuffy place imaginable. I think it's so cool that our church has made the commitment to be the church that's in the city for the city. And I just love seeing that carried out. And I feel like our staff is doing that so well. And I just wanna, it's my prayer that our church just continues on that path that they're doing so well. By God's grace, here are some of the impactful stories of the prayerful mission of Fondren Church, told by the people who call Fondren Church their faith family. So my name is Walter Donald. I've been a part of the Fondra Church family since the fall of 2011. And I originally got introduced to Red Door Jackson, which is how I met Sandra and John and Jimmy and Cedric and the whole Moten extended family uh, through Red Door Jackson. Uh, 
But the honest truth is, is I have gotten way more out of being part of Red Door and way more out of being friends and part of uh, Sandra's family than I've ever given to anyone. I mean, I was a burnout coming off a divorce. I actually came to Jackson, Mississippi to go to a treatment facility after a depressive drinking episode. And uh, I needed help in figuring out what I was gonna do next in my life because I had no clue where to go from there. And Vajran Church and Sandra and our friendship has really saved me. I mean, it's meant as much to me as anything else in my life for the last 10 years. Uh, really turned out in a, a positive way for them, but for me, like I've taken way more out of this than I've ever given anyone. So sometimes I feel like people are like, well, tell us about Red Door. Well, I went to Red Door and got my life back and came to Vajran Church and got given so much, way more than I could ever give. I'm truly blessed to be a part of a church that has afforded me the opportunity to find a home, find a family, a faith family, to find my future fiance slash wife, um, and to really provide guidance into what full-time ministry looks like and what it is. It's, it's different daily, but with a family that and a church that backs me, I know that there's there's nothing I can't do in ministry because of Bondern Church and their support. One of the most inspiring things about our experience from the very beginning of uh, Fondren Church has been that it is uh, continuously and consistently uh, encouraged um, uh, small group participation and being involved in each other's lives. And, being uh, a family. Yes. That is one, the main thing when we were starting in homes, that was the thing I most wanted. And I feel like that's, we've accomplished that in many, many ways. And right from the beginning, the firm commitments to both local ministries uh, and international ministries has been a very affirming thing. And I think it's been one of the reasons the church has been so generous in its giving to missions, both locally and, uh, and internationally. I'm Theresa McAlpin, and I'm at Fondren because I wanted to worship with my family. And my nephew, Josh McAlpin, is here with his family. So I came here to worship with him and his family. But about seven years ago, I started working in three, four, and five-year-old children, and that's where I created another family. I love those children with all my heart, and I've seen them grow up, and I can be at a restaurant, and I can hear Miss Risa, and I know that's my children from Fonder because they're my family. Hey, my name's uh, Jeremy Burnham, and uh, I started going to Fonder Church probably six years ago now I think it is and um, like I, at that point in my life I was in a really dark place and I needed to be in church I needed I needed to be around a community of believers and um, it was it honestly was the best thing that ever happened to me it, it completely changed my life and so I, I will forever be grateful for what I've been able to get out of being a part of Father Church I've developed so many close relationships that have these people have become like family to me um, I, I would do anything for any of the people up here that I've developed a, a close relationship with and especially like the people on the worship team like we, we all love each other and it's just it's great it's a it's a great atmosphere it's really a great thing to be a part of and I'm, I'm forever grateful 
Hey, I'm Chelsea. This is my husband Wesley, and this is Mary Ellis. And we're the Mockbees. Um, we also have two boys, Steele and Mac, and a daughter in heaven, um, Amelia. So our story um, starts on February. Um, it was February 4th, 2020. Um, we found out um, our daughter no longer had a heartbeat. Um, we went in for a routine, you know, check and. Um, and we found, you know, the most devastating news. So, you know, went to the hospital and she, uh, I didn't get to leave. Yeah, we didn't leave. Yeah. We, um, I did labor and we had delivered her the next day on February 5th. She was born. So, but, um, I remember Susan came to the hospital the night that sat with me on the bed. And I remember you know, her saying like, you'll see, this is not your fault, which is, you know, something not really like needed to hear and really stuck with me. Um, the church really stepped in from the very beginning. Um, people have shown up. They literally, you know, came to our house, cleaned out our refrigerator, restocked our refrigerator, did our laundry. I mean, things that I mean, you just like would never expect, like for people to step in in the way that they did and love on us. Um, it's, it's, he's not good because he prevents or protects you from all bad. I mean, he's not, but he's good because of what he did through Jesus, what he did through people in this church coming around us because we know we're not alone and that's why we can say that he is good is because we know that he's with us in in our situation i think those times when people are really struggling um you know to be willing to step in and, and sit in the um in the pain it's, it's uncomfortable and um but you know those times i think are where we really you know make such a difference and that's where i think the real healing begins The church was super young at this point, and then Jenny had a, a procedure. Um, it was just an outpatient procedure. The doctor comes to me, um, and I'm alone there, and says, y'all will not be able to have children um, the, the traditional way. It was really odd, and the first thing I did was called Robert. Um, and he came right away. We talked. There were no answers given because there were no answers, but he was there. So um, Jonathan and I just, you know, prayed a lot and decided that adoption was the route that we felt like God was calling us to. And um, of course, we had reached out to our small group and just other friends within the church, um, just asking for prayer through this journey and that, you know, that God would, would provide a path um, for our family. We got a phone call from another member uh, Fondren Church um, and basically just said, you know, our niece just had a baby and she is looking for a family for this baby. Um, just through Fondren Church and through the prayers of friends with Fondren Church, um, we were able to bring Jefferson home. Um, we had nothing, yes. but, <laughs> but then we got home with a baby we didn't expect to bring home and everything was there. Our small group had basically broken into our house and um, filled our kitchen with food, um, with diapers, with wipes, with a bassinet, with a swing, basically Every everything that you could need for a baby. I just love to see like our friends and family just within the church just love on him and just help him to grow um, into the, the awesome kid that he is now. So um, I feel like without Fondrum, we may have never gotten connected with, um, with him. As we look to the future with great hope and expectation, here is our collective prayer. 
And my prayer for Bondren for the next so many years, 100 years if possible, is that when you walk in these doors, you will feel like you're part of a family. You will feel like you've walked into a family no matter who you are, where you come from, what you do, or even how old you are. Um, I think my prayer for the future of Fondren Church would would be for it to always be a light in the community of Jackson and to always be a place where people who are broken like me can come and find a place where they can find faith that is expressed in love and become a part of the community and always be open to, to, to that. Uh, I, I pray that us as a couple, um, that our family can come around others in the church to support them through both the lows and highs like other people have us as well. My prayer would be that we are a city on the hill, a light in the darkness. This is kind of emotional for me, but I, the world to me is just becoming more and more dark and increasingly dark and that we can stand strong and be that light. My prayer is to we keep growing in this city and providing opportunities for especially this area, but for the city of Jackson, a, a, a safe place to be, another place to call home, and um, just a faith family for this part of the city. My prayer for the church is that we just serve the Lord. If this church stays in God's will, it will survive, it will grow, and it will be an outreach to the old community around us and Actually, it'll be, I think, what God wanted His church to be. Uh, I want our children to have the same experience here that we've had, meet their, meet their best friends in life and grow spiritually. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a special place for us. I want it to be special for them. That they just continue to be what they have been to us, like that to this community. I want them to be able to make a difference and let people know, I see you, and that's Jesus. And, showing up in the times that are hardest, when you feel alone, when you feel isolated, when you feel unseen, you know, because that's where Jesus is. Uh, this is a place that we continue to plan to raise our family, so I hope that it stays strong in the children's ministry and that we really can, to, can love and guide our young people to know and walk with Christ. You know, in addition to that, for, for the church at large, I, I really um, want to see us to continue to grow. I, I want to see diversity. I think we should look like our community, and I think um, that that could be a, a great thing and a great testimony for the body of Christ. Is that community continues, that community expands, and the love within the community becomes the love of a family, um, a family in Christ, a body of Christ, who picks each other up and does extraordinary things that one person couldn't do for another. And I just pray that we would just continue to invest in the community and invest in our families and our friendships and just strengthening um, just our, our whole church congregation in Christ. Now I want us to be able to look back and say, because we were welcoming to everybody, that our church, that our impact on, on Jackson and in the, the community and the world um, went farther because that's what God used. Fondren Church, a community of faith expressed in love.
supposed to speak. You're supposed to turn. We're supposed to speak, but I don't think they're going to let us. That was a subtle hint from the back, but um, I really can't speak now, but we, we love you guys. I love this woman right here, and uh, you know you can't do this without really strong support, and we have the best at Honor Church, I'm telling you all. I love y'all. I love that. Um, that makes the 10 years worth it. And I love you. I love you for being faithful to what God put in your heart. Probably before 10 years. <laughs> and um, thank you that I was... Thank you to you for being patient and a little bit of my stubbornness in the beginning. But God um, definitely let us know from the beginning that this was going to be an impactful place. And um, that tells the story. So it's just, it's an amazing feeling to be here where we are today. And I love you. Late last night, yo, yo, come on up, whoever's next, because we're, we're finished. Who, what, how are we finished in this service? Anybody know the team? Okay, yeah. Um, when God does the work, he always, you look at scripture, he always taps someone on the shoulder, a man or a woman, but very quickly puts people around them because it's not, a, it's not a Lone Ranger type of thing. And so this is, you hear me say it quite a bit, but church is an ultimate team sport, and there's so many great folks uh, in this room right now, people come in 11, lives that we touch. That's been such a cool thing for us to think about through the years because Jackson is a place we're committed to for the long haul, but it's also a place people uh, move through. And so many young people, we knew when we planted a church here, we were going to love people and they were going to leave us. And it's, Laura, we talk about this because we married so many of them. And, uh, but it's just a good thing to think about the reach and the impact. So we love you guys genuinely and dearly. Thank you.